Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading from the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today I'll be reading from a forum called 12OunceProfit.com. And this is a forum that deals strictly with the subculture of graffiti art. Now, you may not consider graffiti to be an art form, but having grown up in New York City uh, and having witnessed the glory days of the trains covered in paint and all that nonsense, I kind of do. I was involved with the subculture of graffiti in my uh, teens, although I would be what is considered a toy in the popular graffiti vernacular. And that is a person who's not very good. However, that did not deter me. But uh, as I grew older and became a property owner, I see them for the scourge of society that they are. Just tagging their little doodads and nicknames and... Oh, if I catch the guy who wrote on the table out in my courtyard, I... Oh, boy. So on this forum, there's many, many topics of discussion. But I thought I'd do another in my series of very informative and educational podcasts. And so I'll be reading from a thread in the Writers Forum, Subforum The Graffiti Destination, Subforum Graffiti Discussions, Subforum The Yard, Subforum, in a thread entitled Genome's Guide to Getting Away With It. And I think you'll get the hang of it pretty much right away. So let's begin. Genome's Guide to Getting Away With It. Hey guys, I had to drop my old account after my name got a little hot, so I'm back under my new handle. Anyhow, I've compiled this little ditty to help with some legal questions concerning Graf and John Q. Law. Hope it helps, and feel free to chip in with any additional information or comments you might have. Section 1. So you want to go out on the town. You are planning to go out and paint, maybe solo, maybe with some friends. Here's what you need to ask yourself. Do I trust the people I am painting with? Am I willing to risk getting in trouble with the law, either for my actions or those of my friends? Do I know the applicable laws and penalties for any crimes that I might perform tonight? If your answer is yes to all of these questions, then you're ready to pack it up and hit the streets. First consideration is what you are bringing with you and how. First, do not bring any sketchbooks or black books with you. If you have a sketch you need for reference, carry it with your supplies on loose leaf paper. If searched, a black book is a full record of every crime you might have committed, witnessed, or planned. It gives police a full record of any aliases you might have, and if you share your black book with other writers, other writers' aliases and contact information. Plus, if you need to ditch, do you really want to lose all that work? Absolutely not, so leave it at home. Second, do not bring a cellular phone with you or leave it off the whole time you're going out. I know many of us can't live without our cells, but this is a big no-no. In many places, police departments search cell phones for contact information, SMS messages for evidence of crimes being planned, etc. And you can't risk that someone could actually message you while the cops are looking at your phone with a message like, are we still meeting tonight under the causeway to touch up the mural? I saw one of my very good friends buy himself 300 hours of community service courtesy of the Detroit Police Department by receiving that very message while the cops were questioning him. Funny, yes, but also deadly serious. So again, leave it at home. And if you bring it with you, password lock it so the cops can't get in. You are not required to unlock your phone for a detaining officer. Thirdly, don't bring a weapon with you. This is common sense, but I've seen people bring a knife or a gun with them anyways. This is just fucking stupid. Once the cops legally frisk you, if they find a weapon, they have the right to search your entire person, including bags, car, etc. Don't give them PC. Don't pack heat, even if you have a legal carrying permit. Finally, 
do bring a business card for a lawyer you know, and preferably one associated with the local branch of the ACLU. If you do have a chance to fight back after being arrested, it will probably be because of a breach of your civil liberties and rights. Don't trust a court-appointed lawyer who doesn't give a shit about your case. Keep your own army of assholes in your back pocket. Your second consideration is what to wear. Don't wear Mark Echo, don't wear clothes that scream criminal, and don't wear shit with your tags scratched all over it. That's just fucking stupid. If you are standing in front of a throw-up that says Knack and you have Knack written on your hoodie, you just signed your own arrest warrant. Plain, non-sinister, comfortable, dark clothing, please. Now, here's the most important advice of this whole essay. Put all this shit, except the lawyer's business card, in one bag. And don't keep any caps, pens, markers, cans, masks, gloves, or other supplies in your pockets. Your person is at risk of being legally searched, but with appropriate responses to the police inquiry, your bag is not. Anything illegal they find on you gives them permission to open up that bag. And then you are fucked three ways till Tuesday. Also, if it's all in one bag, you can ditch your stash much more easily and probably get it back in one piece later, too. Section 2. Appropriate behavior before, during, and after painting. Wear gloves. Preferably a disposable variety. Paint on hands and clothes is probable cause for a stop and a personal search. Wrap your cans in a towel or something like that, and don't move when talking to the cops unless they tell you to. Practice moving in a way that your cans don't rattle in your bag. More than a couple of courts have judged that police can search you and your property if they hear mixing balls bouncing around during a legal stop. Don't let them hear it. Simple. Also, if you think the cops that just drove by saw you, move. Sure, you're probably caught, but at least you won't be caught trespassing on private property when they swing back around. It gives them less right to search you and gives you more chances to say that you haven't done anything wrong. And don't run from pursuing police unless you really, really think you can make it. If they catch you and you ran, you just entered a whole new world of ugly. I remember one time I shouldn't have ran and did. I got to spend an hour laying on the opposite side of a bridge pylon in a river in late September waiting for the cops to give up looking for me on the shore and got to have a nasty cold for a week after. If you run, you get wet, dirty, bloody, hurt, and still probably get caught. And when you get caught, they have something on you. If you don't run, you're able to weasel your way out of many nasty police encounters. Weigh the cost and benefits carefully. Section 3. Appropriate Behavior During Police Encounters all right, you got nailed, maybe. Stay cool, don't fidget, and keep your hands where the cops can see them. No quick movements. The last thing you want is a nervous cop. Don't raise your voice and answer all pertinent, non-incriminating questions promptly, calmly, and as honestly as will cover your ass. If you have identification on you, probably a good idea, you should present it if requested by the officer. Be respectful. The more you act like you have no reason to be upset, angered, or scared by this encounter, the less likely he'll be to nail your ass. But don't overplay it either. Just stay calm and collected. If you are stopped in a car and asked to exit the vehicle, lock it as you exit. If he asks you if you are carrying a weapon or drugs or quote-unquote anything I need to know about, tell him no in a straightforward manner as you can. No officer works pretty well. If he mentions graffiti, do not use any jargon or lingo that could raise his suspicions. If the police officer continues to question you or asks to search your bag, remember the following phrase. Am I being placed under arrest? This is your safety question. If you are not being placed under arrest, you have the right to refuse any searches in besides body frisks for the express purpose of finding concealed weapons and identifiable contraband. If the officer states that you are not being arrested, he'll probably add the phrase at this time on the end. 
state that you do not consent to any searches. It helps to have witnesses when you say this, because uttering the phrase can save your ass in court. If he still insists on searching you, let him. He has that right. If he insists on searching your bag, refuse, stating again that you do not consent to a search of your property. However, do not physically prevent him from taking, opening, or searching your bag. If he does, he just got you off scot-free. And if you try to physically prevent him, you just entered a world of hurt. At this time, remember the following phrase. Are you placing me under arrest at this time, or am I free to go? Again, magical words that put a stop legally to most police encounters. Section 4. So you screwed up and got arrested. Something went wrong, and you just got arrested. Step 1. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. Seriously. Don't say a word beyond identifying yourself and your home address. Demand to see a lawyer, the ACLU motherfucker with rabies and a hatred of the man that you have a card for right now in your back pocket if you've listened to me at all. State that you will not answer any questions without your lawyer present. It's time for me to let you in on one of the deep, dark, dirty cop secrets that you don't see on Law & Order. The cops don't have to get you a lawyer at this point in many places. And you might not get your one free phone call. What they will do is say, sure, that's a fine choice, probably best. Waiting for your lawyer will leave you alone. Then they will, for a while. Then five hours later, they will show up sans lawyer and ask if you are ready to talk. Typically, idiots will eventually decide with this method that they aren't getting a lawyer no matter what and will start to talk. Don't. We all know cops are often lousy and crooked, but don't let them get you talking. And if they promise you leniency for a confession and you do want to fess up, get it in writing. Or they aren't obligated to give you shit. And they won't. Cops are fuckers. So remember these little quick rules. 1. Carry everything you need in a bag and bring nothing you don't need. 2. Don't run and stay cool. 3. Remember the following phrases. Am I under arrest? I don't consent to any searches. And am I free to go? 4. Lawyer up and shut up. If you have any questions about specific laws in the United States, feel free to message me or post here. I'm not living in the States anymore, but I can probably direct you to someplace or someone who has the answers you need. Genome out. ISOR 357 replies, I always run. What's to say they won't search you even if they don't have probably cause? And say you authorize the search, even if you didn't. If you are alone, it's your word against theirs. You are the criminal with paint in his backpack and they are the police. They could ask to shake your bag, in which case they will get probably cause. Like when you refuse a vehicle search, they still request a canine unit to walk around and smell for narcotics. It is a benefit-risk analysis, but they are in the business of screwing you, not protecting you or serving you, rather serving you up. Genome replies, I agree that oftentimes cops aren't in the business of protecting your rights. That's why you need to make sure you have the following things going for you. 1. Try to stand in front of the police car. There is typically video evidence automatically recorded in most vehicle and street stops nowadays in the United States, which you can have your lawyer subpoena for court presentation. 2. Try to have witnesses nearby when talking to the police. If you can get some rubberneckers to stick around while you have your little chat, they oftentimes will be a little more careful about observing your rights. 3. Remember that while cops might not recognize or protect your rights during a stop, in court the burden of proof is on them, not you. And most judges are quick to dismiss a case rather than risk the public coverage of police and the court subverting citizens' rights. 4. If they ask to shake your bag, you have the right to refuse, the same as any other kind of search. Without a warrant or probable cause, anything they cannot see, hear, or smell without forced action or police interaction is inadmissible.
Contrary to popular belief, drug-sniffing dogs must follow the same rules for search and seizure and probable cause as any other type of search. Common sense dictates that you shouldn't go out painting with illegal drugs or alcohol in your person or in your person. It just puts you at more risk and gives the cops more ways to fuck with you. 7. Don't shit where you eat. Put your tags no closer to your pad than three blocks in any direction. And don't surround your house in every direction with pieces either. Cops, contrary to belief, aren't stupid. If they see that there's a serious upspike in a certain tag in a certain area, they know that's where you are based out of. I always take the bond up the way to the next town for most of my major work. As far as the cops around here know, I work out of Hamburg. 8. Always be paranoid and never think that just because you haven't seen a cop in the area before, there won't be one this time around. Lots of younger pups in this forum make statements to the tune of, I was just minding my own business and legally refused to search, and the cops beat me up, slash boxed my ears, slash gave me shit. Yes, this does happen. But more than a few times, this claim by the victim leaves out the part where he swore at the police, threatened or insulted them, and did not comply with simple requests. Keep it courteous, and they'll usually keep it courteous too. It's important to remember that most cops are decent people, and we are criminals at odds with them. Most cops have more important things to do than bust vandals and writers. When they come into a confrontation with any urban youth in baggy clothing, they are probably just as afraid they're about to take a bullet from a gangbanger as you are that they're going to nail your ass to the curb. If you treat them like enemies, they will treat you like a threat. If you treat them like civil servants doing their jobs, they will often show you more leniency and consideration and will quite possibly be quicker to let you off without a search, arrest, or even a warning. Keep your cool, and it works more smoothly for everyone involved. I'm not saying you will get away without charges every time if you follow my advice, but you will drastically lower the chance of conviction when you do eventually get to court. Remember, the legal system fears getting lambasted by the civil liberties groups in the public eye and are quicker to let a little bit of vandalism go unpunished rather than finding themselves on the 6 o'clock news. You do this shit long enough and you will get caught. 100% guarantee. All of us that have made a life of this ended up on the wrong side of the law eventually. No one is bulletproof, so to speak. The best thing you can do is prepare yourself for the eventuality instead of saying shit like, Man, I never get caught! And, Fuck the police! Also note, in some state and city laws, it is illegal to even carry what are considered graffiti instruments. Use the web to find out what the laws are for graffiti in your area before you go painting. Spectre adds, I've got one thing to add on the running part. Please don't all run together. No, seriously. Split the fuck up. A few years ago, I was out with some rookies. We got rolled on by this cop, so we book it. I find this nice cozy spot to hide at for a few minutes, figuring I can lay low, when these two kids come running right up to my spot with the cops not far behind them. Needless to say, I wasn't too fucking thrilled. Now here's why. 1. The cop saw the area they ran to, meaning the cop knew where we were hiding, and all he would have to do is wait for backup to show up to bust us. 2. We were all in the same place, making it easier for the cop to bust all three of us. 3. I had legal issues with the VS already, with VS meaning Vandal Squad, and certainly didn't want to end up having another conversation with them. Needless to say, I had to school these kids on how to run. We ended up ditching that spot and getting away since the cop was too fucking fat to get out of his car and chase us. But seriously, kids, if you got to run, split the fuck up. Don't make it easier for them to catch you by sticking together. Have a spot in the area if you have to run. Some all-night diner or pizza place or some shit. Oh yeah, one more thing to add. If you are running and there is no chance of you getting away, it is best to just stop running 
and get on the ground. I know a couple of kids who have gotten hit with assaulting an officer from getting tackled and just instinctively fighting back. Dunder Mifflin replies, So my friend just got busted walking down the street carrying paint. They didn't do the quote-unquote we received a call thing, but instead they asked what's in the bag. And when asked for probably cause or why he was stopped, the reply was, quote, I don't need a reason. I'm a fucking cop. Is the only way out of this to countersue or go through a huge legal hassle since they wrongly searched his bag? This also happened to several people coming to and from permission walls. Toothbrush expert replies, one, tell your friend to tell his lawyer that he was illegally searched and leave it to the law talking guy to blow the case out of court. A. I had a buddy have a cop leap out of the shadows at him, so he fucking ran. Well, the short story is that the cop tackles him shortly after and arrests him, but my buddy got off with a slap on the wrist by pointing out to his lawyer that the cop never identified himself. What? That's right. The cop could have been anybody lunging from the shadow, so it was pled down to something inconsequential, and my buddy served one day at a soup kitchen. 2. Paint isn't a crime. If it was, the police would be parked outside Home Depot and be bagging arrests all day long. If the cop can't connect you with a crime, then it isn't a crime. Evidence isn't evidence until it's attached to an illegal activity. You know, a blood-soaked shirt is only the result of a nosebleed until they find the body. And finally from this thread, although it goes on quite a bit longer, Gola writes, from this school thread, quote, originally posted by Genome. In a horrific twist of irony, your buddy Genome was just arrested by the police after nearly a decade of owning a clean criminal record. As in non-American, non-escapable German police officers, they were nice enough to get me a cup of water, but no lawyer. Take my keys, go into my house, take all my supplies, art and graffiti, and translate the really hard words back into English. Now, looking at the possibility of thousands of euros worth of fines and being shipped home across the Atlantic. Now, looking at the possibility of thousands of euros worth of fines and being shipped home across the Atlantic, I realized the truth of what my fiance told me while the cops ripped our bookshelves apart. I'm a fucking moron. Sorry, guys, looks like I'm at the end of my job, my time in Europe, my economic stability, all because, unlike in America, these guys got to do whatever they wanted with me, as long as I was told in English to sign a piece of paper, one way or the other. That is, of course, if the fiancé doesn't kill me first. So essentially, what I'm saying is, my computer has been confiscated, along with my livelihood, and I'm borrowing a buddy's laptop to write this current post. I'm going to have to abandon 12 ounce and obviously this thread for a little while. Take care of each other. And if someone would be so kind as to keep bumping this thread up, adding new advice and commentary, I'd owe them one. The irony of creating a new ID to beat the heat, then immediately be arrested, does not in any way escape me. Wish me luck, Genome. P.S. If anyone knows the right way to quote-unquote rub the German legal system, let me know here in this thread. Much love, guys. Well, that is ironic. And Genome adds once again in a, in a more detailed post. Hey, guys, I'm back for a minute to check in while I have the chance here. I got busted with only a couple of cans of paint and a couple of caps. I was just doing a bump and run through the city on my way back from the bar. By sheer coincidence, I did have my black book on me because a buddy who was scanning some stuff from it gave it back to me at the bar. I got nailed because some lady out window shopping at 3 a.m. called me in and gave a description and the direction I was heading. The supreme irony of this was that I don't paint illegally anymore. I had the paint to touch up a legal mural I had done. 
I haven't, as I said earlier, actually broken the law in any way for a few years. I was just drunk, though, stinking drunk. And for some reason, I thought that an old fart like me, who was too drunk not to cover his hands in paint and too slow to stay clear, should go out and get up in one of the most over-policed towns in Germany. My favorite part was when one of the cops asked me how many pieces I had illegally painted in the town since I got here, knowing I was already completely busted. I cooperated and told him only five. He naturally didn't believe me, yelled at me for thinking he was stupid, etc., etc. So my plan is, since I am supposed to be here until May, assuming they don't cart my ass home, to write an apology letter, point out that I was drunk and stupid, that I have a clean arrest record in the States, etc., etc. Then I'll offer to do graffiti scrub for community services or some such, and beg the mercy of the court. Anyhow, guys, this is the situation over here in Europe. And before anybody asks, no, I'm not going to jet to avoid charges. I'm too old for that shit now. Anyway, keep this thread going. Get your legal advice up here for each other. Have fun, stay safe, and keep your heads above water. Much love, Genome. Well, very helpful, Genome. I'm sure lots of people really learned from your mistakes. Wait a minute, I don't think anybody did. And in a new thread in the Writers Forum, Subforum Graffiti Discussion, Subforum Third Rail Subforum, Die Pig started a thread entitled Strangest Slash Craziest Thing You've Seen While Bombing. Graph writers must see some of the weirdest shit when they're bombing. Everyone's got stories of gnarly shit they've seen while creeping late at night. As Andre Nicotina put it, when you're up all night, you see things you shouldn't have saw because the night gets raw. Let's hear some grimy shit or some stories. One of the scariest things that happened to me was getting chased at 3 a.m. by a car full of Norteños. Dallas is dead replies, I haven't seen much shit, just the regular bums digging through garbage. I've been chased by dogs, crackheads, owners of the stores, among other people. Last night, I did see something weird, though and unsettling. Some trucker fucking the shit out of some hoe in his truck. I had no idea you could shake a diesel that much. Gunham replies, I had just finished bombing the back of a warehouse at this party, and these two Asian girls making out with one another, they were on E, asked me for a light. The girls making out, not weird at all, unless you're some naive dumbass from the suburbs. But if you consider the fact that I found out they were sisters, that's weird. But I watched for a while anyways. Sip and Juice replies, I saw a limping bum being harassed by a car driving slowly alongside him, and the guy in the car kept asking the bum if he wanted to go to the hospital. I figured the bum got hit crossing the road or something. Goonstock replies, One time when I was prowling, I saw an old man behind a senior's home brushing a car with a branch. Shit freaked me out. He stopped when he saw me, too. Chuck Taylor replies, Crackheads climbing through the trees, drunk Mexican on Mission Street threatening to kill his girlfriend, a bum jerking off behind a power box, and that was right when I stepped out of my house, too. Gay dudes picking up male hookers, hella drug deals, carjackings, dudes getting their dicks sucked, a lot of other shit I can't remember, and just a shitload of bums. It'll surprise the shit out of you when you come to the cut to paint and there's a bum just lying there. Rinse replies, One time, two alley cats got in a fight maybe two or three yards from me. It scared the shit out of me at first. All these loud hissing noises coming right over my shoulder. I saw a liquored up bum get worked over, one story below me, by a crew of skate punks. I chose not to be noticed. Employees from Dunkin' Donuts throwing bags and bags of donuts away in a dumpster. I mean, like, hundreds of donuts. I brought one of the bags home and told my roommate that I brought her some donuts. Ha <laughs> ha! She was always pissing me off, so I fed her dumpster donuts. 
Once, this kid creeped me out real late at night. I didn't hear him until he was right behind me while I was painting. I turned around and his eyes looked spun. He said, quote, If you see the cops coming, don't tell them you saw me. As he started walking away, I said, Does it really look like I would stick around for some cops? Then the meth or whatever he was on shifted modes and he turned with a fist and hit me in my temple really hard. My vision went black for a minute, but I swung back at him blindly. I grazed the side of his head, but not hard enough. I heard him say he would kill my mom as my vision speckled back to normal. I saw him a few feet away, walking away. At that point, I was like, forget it, and grabbed my shit and left. To this day, I don't know if the cops were really after him or not, because I wasn't going to linger. Oh my god, there's 63. (laughs) That's just the first page of 60 pages of crazy stories. And G replies, About five of us were out, and this huge drunk fella clocked us, ripped his shirt off, and started walking very quickly toward us. He was proper muscly, and we were all kind of braced ourselves. Then he suddenly had second thoughts and completely changed direction. I think we could have taken him. This kleptomaniac called Kane that we used to know pulled up in a black London taxi once. A girl squatting in a doorway in the street having a piss with her friends watching. Living in a city center was horrible at the weekend, and the usual weirdos cycling around at 3 a.m. Most seem to be drug dealers. There are some 24-carat fruitcakes. And finally, from this thread, which goes on for 60 pages, Rumble ads. My top story was this really clean-cut Turkish guy, about 30 years old, getting a blowjob in an alley from a creature that I never figured out if it was a he or a she. Probably a tranny male freak with long hair and faggoty means. When we yelled something at them, the Turkish guy left quickly and ashamed, but the bum person proceeded to beg from us some booze slash money, so we gave him some urine in a beer bottle. Bot- <laughs> oh, no. Uh... When we yelled something at them, the Turkish guy left quickly and ashamed. But the bum person proceeded to beg from us some booze slash money. So we gave him some urine in a beer bottle, which he first had to stuff halfway up his ass in order to get the money. Needless to say, none of us had no intention to support the life of this animal, so we just left in disgust. I wasn't there, but my friend once gave this bum some piss in a bottle. The bum drank it all, screamed aloud, threw up, and passed out immediately. My pal thought he had died, so he left in a panic, but later the same bum had moved a little bit and was puking all over the place. Then I was hitting up on a freeway bridge. I saw three rabbits mating and making stupid noises. I didn't like the noises, so I threw some rocks at them, but they scattered into the woods and shagged and made the noises so that I couldn't see them. Then on my way back home by the freeway, I saw more roadkill than I ever had in my life before. Rabbits, cats, dogs, and smaller animals like frogs and hedgehogs. Fucked up but I wish I had my camera with me then. Also, all the usual stuff. Bums crapping or fighting, flipping out by themselves, businessmen asking for drugs. I wish I saw more, though. This thread is lots of fun. And finally, to finish off the 12-ounce profit forums, I'll read another informative thing from the Graffiti Destination subforum, Graffiti Discussion subforum, The Yard, in a thread entitled... Beginning Bible for Graffiti Writers by Why Write. And it goes like this. For all you writers that have just started and need to ask questions and want some tips, here you go. General tips. Always keep your mouth shut. Never tell people you don't trust that you write graffiti. Don't tag up your backpack slash school slash hats and other things people will see. Don't write on your school. Keep a low profile. Avoid any contact with police. If police arrest you for painting, never say anything. Don't say that you did it or you did not do it. Just keep your mouth shut. Tell them you will not speak until you have a lawyer present. Never read out your buddies. Don't fall 
don't fall for their phony tricks. Oh, we'll just let you go if you just tell us who does it and blah, 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 blah. It's a trick to mess with your head to get information out of you. Painting tips. Don't go straight out to the street and make yourself look like a fool. Start by practicing in a chill wall that no one will see. If not a chill wall, get plywood or poster board or cardboard or anything just to practice till you get it down. Don't go straight out and buy 20 cans of Montana and waste your money on some toy shit. Buy dollar cans just to start off. Tips on sketching pieces. At first, stay simple. This means simple letters, simple colors. Maybe block letters and letters on your keyboard at first, then progress from there. Maybe I will add more later. CA Cash Refund replies. Don't shit where you sleep, meaning don't bomb your bedroom or try out paint. Try to keep the storing of your materials at your house to a minimum. Store them in a non-writer's house or your girlfriend's place. If you keep black books, throw them in with regular books. Also, try not to hit up the outside of them to keep them from being exposed for what they are. All I can think of right now. Gunnam ads. 1. Don't go up to people and ask, Dude, don't you write, insert name here, I fucking hate that. 2. Don't bomb railroad property. Signal switches, signs, utility boxes, signal towers, or shit near rail yards for that matter. It just lets authorities know, oh, graffiti writers come here. You do the math. 3. Be like Clark Kent and keep a low profile with a secret identity. To look at some heads, you would never think they got up with paint. 4. Do not brag on the internet about all the spots you crushed with accompanying flicks. Like it or not, cops come here and they will track you. Cuck. Need I say more? 5. When you go on a mission, dress inconspicuously. Your trucker hat with the cause throwy, baggy pants, echo shirt, and camouflage Dalek jacket not only makes you look like a fucking herb, it makes you stick out. Plain dark clothing does it all. Reflective shit is a big no-no too. 6. Always, always have a getaway route planned. 7. Keep your eyes and ears open. Harvey Wallbanger adds, Study up. Read the articles on art crimes, the art of getting over, and William Upsky Wimsatz bomb the suburbs. Watch Style Wars at least three times, then once you've made an actual effort to find things out on your own, find a local, accomplished writer, and without acting like a ridiculous thug or chump, ask him slash her to show you the ropes and teach you about techniques, local history, etc. But don't get pissed if they say no. You have to understand that you are a toy, and toys are basically intolerable. And for Christ's sake, do not go over anyone, and do not try to paint freights. You can thank me in a couple of years. Pearl Paint replies, Do not bomb other people's houses. It's sickening to see so many writers in my neighborhood hitting garage doors of people's houses. What a bunch of toys. There's just certain places graffiti should live and places where it shouldn't. People's houses, cars, etc. It's just dumb. And finally, Easy e quotes another famous writer in his post entitled, Someone Asked for Espo's Rules. Espo's Rules of Graffiti, as published in The Art of Getting Over. You suck until further notice. It's going to take a long time before we can even acknowledge your existence, even longer before we can bear to look at your foul scribble you call your name. To speed the process of acceptance, you can A... Choose a clever name that defies the norm of simple-minded slang. An example of a good name is Argue, R.I.P. It looks good when written, sounds cool when spoken, and conveys a combative attitude. On the other hand, Enema, actual name, looks sound and conveys a shitty attitude. Be choosy. B. Use paint. Gain a thorough knowledge of supplies. Remember that permission walls, stickers, and dusk tags are small parts of a balanced diet. Be bold. Learn a style of writing for every occasion and write your name bigger every time you go out. Jealousy is a disease for the weak. 
Your heart is your greatest possession. Don't let it get taken from you. Don't write on houses of worship, people's houses in general, other writers' names, or tombstones. Writing on memorial walls and cars is beef beyond belief. Furthermore, Involving civilians in your beef is grounds for dismissal. These are the five fingers of your right hand. Get to know them well. Give soul claps, firm handshakes, and throw smooth bolo punches. Although being a toy seems undesirable, you should enjoy it while you can. At this stage, you can bite all you want with no remorse. All your elders will say is, Aw, isn't that cute? Coochie coochie coo. So steal the dope connection, rob that color scheme, and loot whole letter forms. Don't worry about giving any credit. We'll pat ourselves on the back and brag how we're influencing the next generation. However, style isn't a crutch or a shtick. It's understanding why that connection you bit flows or why that color scheme bumps. Style is the process to an appealing end. Once you got it down to a science, you can reinvent letter forms to suit yourself. This creative growth will amaze the old and young alike. Pretty soon, someone will steal your secret sauce and the cycle will be renewed. If this happens to you, don't bitch about not getting your due. Graffiti is the language of the ignored. If your style is stolen, someone heard you speaking. You got what you wanted from the beginning. Some attention, you big baby. It must be noted that the Vandal Squad loves graffiti. Their job requires them to fiend for graph as much as you do. When you wreck enough walls, they'll want to meet you. Just like the ball huggers outside the graph shop, they'll recite every spot you hit, with the difference being you'll also hear the Miranda warning. To postpone this, go solo as much as possible. Don't write with anyone who won't fight for you. Don't be paranoid. But be careful. If you avoid writing on pristine properties, you'll stay in misdemeanor territory, and you won't divert the cops' attention from pastry and caffeine consumption. Consult local laws to be sure. Remember, if they didn't see you do it, it's almost impossible for them to win a conviction without your own damning testimony. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Giving a cop info on another writer will doom you to a life of ridicule, from cops and kids alike, with no parole. There's nothing wrong with knowing you're the shit, as long as you are. But once you reach that conclusion, you're one foot over the edge of falling off. Watch your step, fathead. There's no shortage of people chanting, jump, jump, jump. There are plenty of writers who've been painting well for the better part of 20 years, and your posing and fronting looks retarded next to them. Get back to work. You never was slouch. In conclusion, graffiti is free impresses the girls, is heroic in our couch potato culture, will provide you with a million stories to tell at parties, and a sure cure for the inner city blues. If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. Or you've been doing it too long. So get going. Fame awaits the fly among you. And with that bit of very trueness, I will end this podcast. I hope that each and every one of you is inspired to go out and deface property now and uh, to get caught shoplifting spray paint from stores and writing your bad nicknames on the walls and whatnot. Uh, if you go to loureads.com, I have a 20-year-old video of myself doing some graffiti for a uh, video performance class that I was in that I was not doing well in, and I decided to paint what I thought my grade would be on the wall. Uh, it predates current internet meme by about uh, 18 years. So I hope that you enjoy my precognitive abilities in paint form. And what I really also enjoy is how much people who come across it on YouTube despise that video. They just think it sucks. And it does. I'm not saying that it was a great graffiti. Certainly I had done better in my day. It is amazing to think that people are still doing graffiti and that it has become a worldwide phenomenon instead of being the New York-centric nonsense that it was in the 70s and 80s. Certainly, you could argue about graffiti going all the way back to Egyptian times and so on and so forth and cave paintings being graffiti of the cave people and other sorts of uh, 
nonsense. I won't. I won't. I won't get into that argument with you. Don't even bring that shit here. I'm not. I'm not interested in it at all. Seriously. All right. This has been the first podcast of the new year, 2010, for Lou Reed's. I hope that you found it enjoyable, and you gotta tune in for the next one because the the next one is going to be gross and not educational at all. I don't think. Well, each episode is educational in its own way, isn't it? I think you'll agree with me. And since you're not here to disagree with me, I'm just going to go with that feeling. All right. My name is Lou. This has been Lou Reads. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.